Hello and welcome to Plot Trists. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing The Astronaut and the Star by Jen Comfort. This was published in 2022. And full disclosure, I bought this book because I liked it. So we reviewed her next book, which is not the next book in a series or anything. Um, a couple of weeks, months ago now, it was the Phantom of the Opera retelling. Mm-hmm. Midnight duet. And Meg liked it so much, she was like, we should read her other book. And so here we are. And so here we are. So what is this book about, Lane? Should we uh, kick it off with Jacket? Astronaut Regina Reggie Hayes wants to be the first woman on the moon. It's all she's ever dreamed of. But after a PR disaster, Reggie is off the list for a lunar mission. To rehabilitate her reputation with NASA, she agrees to a different kind of assignment. Astronaut training with a Hollywood action hero. John Leo is a charmer. With credits that include an underperforming sitcom and a campy action flick called Space Dude, his upcoming role in a prestigious movie could prove he's a star. But John isn't just big muscles and an otherworldly smile. He's also a total space nerd. He's pumped about his own personal space camp until he meets Ice Cold Reggie. Although Reggie and John are polar opposites, their mutual attraction is undeniable, and it only takes a few weeks in close quarters for them to give in to its magnetic force. John is set on convincing Reggie this is a match made in the heavens, but her future is in space, and his is among stars of the Hollywood kind. The odds of successfully launching a real relationship outside the confines of the training base are anything but optimal. Reggie, content with keeping things casual, is forced by a sudden turn of events to confront the possibility of losing John forever. Now she'll do whatever it takes to win both the man and the moon. I think all the space references are really fun. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's really good. Is this an accurate brick jacket? Not really, but... I, again, I think it does what we think you need to do in a book jacket, which is give you a taste of the characters and the tropes. And the tropes yep. are opposites attract and forced proximity. Those would be the big ones. Yep. So, I don't know. I'm not going to ding it that much because the space puns and space references are perfect. So, yeah. it's fine. So as usual, we generated a random number between 1 and 50, and then we wrote our own random number summaries using that number as a word count. For this episode, the random number was 30. So I'll kick us off. John is nice. Reggie is not. Reggie is focused. John is not. John relies on his looks. Reggie relies on her brains. Obviously, these two were made for each other. There you go. <laughs> I think it's really fun that he's smarter than the world thinks and she's hotter than people notice because she's so mean. Mm -hmm. All right. How about you? What's your 30 words uh, summary? 
Reggie pursues work with single-minded determination, and John can't be single-minded about anything. When they're stuck together on the fake moon, they heal all of each other's old wounds. I mean, that's what happens when you're stuck. If I, again, if I have learned anything from romance novels, is that if someone is your, like, total opposite, you're bound to fall in love, number one. And -hmm. number two, if you're stuck with someone forever, it's going to be awesome, and you're not even going to get on each other's nerves. You're going to fall in love. Done. Obviously. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, those are the two biggest tropes, and I don't even care. Yeah, so there are a couple of, like, sub-tropes. So they are in first proximity. They're literally alone on the fake moon so she can train him. I didn't quite understand that whole setup, um, but we can talk about that later. Um, But at one point, they do have separate bedrooms, but at one point something goes wrong, and they're forced to... Be in even closer proximity. Oh my God. By sharing the bedroom. I love Um, it so much. This is a little different because it's like for their jobs. But essentially they strike a bargain that is mutually beneficial for both of their careers. He gets training on being an astronaut and she gets to look more likable in public. Uh Like it's buried beneath layers of like modern corporate set dressing, but it's at its core a bargain. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a bargain. And then they do they do kind of make like the the sex deal, right? Like the bang it out, let's get it out of our systems. Yes. Which and in love. one of my favorite moments, he thinks, man, should have proposed a fake relationship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Went with the wrong trope. <laughs> Which I thought was really fun. Uh, I loved, I, I really like this book a lot. I know it charmed you a little bit less, but I think it's because there are certain aspects of the book that just speak to me. Yeah. I mean, I think there's also the, like, meet each other's families trope. Mm-hmm. Like, almost the, like, bachelor hometown weekend. Yes. Oh, my God. There Look was, there they did go on hometowns together. <laughs> I do pay attention when you talk. <laughs> That's weird. (laughs) And she's got the best friend who forces her into constant makeover mode. So she's always dressing way hotter than she usually does at Mm -hmm. the behest of this best friend. Yes, which sometimes bugs me. I was kind of into it here. Um, And his whole story is very rags to riches and hers is poor little rich girl. Yes, that's true. Up to and including... He's hulking. She's tiny. It's unclear if she is objectively tiny or just significantly tinier than his huge form, but objectively average. I'm pretty sure she's objectively average because she's an astronaut. I was going to say, she talks about how astronauts lean small. Right. But clearly women are smaller than men, so... Fine. Right. Um... Not tropes, but I do just want to point out um, a couple of things that make this Meg's catnip is she is three years older than him. Oh, that's part of it. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That's not really a trope because they're both like in their 30s and professionals. Yeah, like I wouldn't. This is not the older woman, younger man trope. This is not like the cougar trope, you know. They're the same age. Right. But she is three full years older than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, this is okay. When I okay, I'm gonna be honest, Lane. This is also maybe why I like this book so much. I know that you don't agree with me, but I did read a lot of like Mr. Impossible in this book. Right? I didn't at all. So I think mm -hmm. that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not exactly, but it has a it has a lot of the same kind of setup that I really like, where you know, it's the whole, like, he's almost a manic pixie dream boy for her. And I love that. And even though you don't see it coming and it comes a little out of left field. The ultimate final conflict is him supporting her against her big bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I get that, but I think ultimately the reasons it's not Mr. Impossible to me are primarily John, actually. Yes. Like, he is not comfortable being yes. like a lunkhead with a heart of gold. Like that, right. he's, he's actually extremely uncomfortable in that role. That's, that's almost like his facade or his shell that yes. he's built up to protect himself. Right. And it's not just like, but underneath he's got moments of competence. It's like he is straight up unhappy. Right. And, and thinks he is dumb and is profoundly insecure about that. Yes. I mean, this is true. Because, and Rupert obviously is just the most secure person in the world. Right. And so I think he's able to be stable for Reggie in a similar way Rupert is for Daphne, but I just feel like there isn't the, like, pillar of strength fundamental to him. Mm hmm Because he's more of a character in some ways, but I, I'm much more charmed by Rupert. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's totally fine. You're allowed to be, but this, I, I, I just, I really like, it's almost a trope it's it's almost like a, a a trope reversal in some ways just a, a lot of the way that and i'm not talking about romance actually specifically i'm talking about maybe popular culture in general about how it usually it's the woman who like gets the man to lighten up and right, right through their well, relationship she's the one that, say i love you one in this relationship right exactly um he's the one who's just like he falls first Right. I mean, he he watches a YouTube video of her, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, like YouTube, it. a YouTube video of her like explaining astronomy stuff, and he's like, I gotta well, pause I mean, this. I gotta pause this to to masturbate. Also, not to rub it in. It's because it's Sunshine Grump. Um, yes, yes. Thank you. That's the other trope. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just give me something that's like a little bit out of the norm and mm -hmm. like uh, at the same time i'm almost like is i'm a, is it even out of the norm these days i feel like in romance it's less like unusual yeah. but i still just really like these dynamics yes you are trash for all of them yeah, yeah. and then the other fact the other thing is it's it's like super bonkers right like <laughs> in what and this is this is why I think I like this as a contemporary because we all know that neither of us are big contemporary fans. Right? right. If I'm gonna really like a contemporary romance, it has to be something that I would not encounter in everyday life. And 
a Hollywood star going to do some method acting by doing real astronaut training and falling in love with the astronaut. And then they like run away and go see her parents and steal something out of her childhood home. It's this bonkers enough for me to be like, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely bonkers enough. I was not frustrated with the elements of this that were contemporary. Yes. I agree with that entirely. So anyway, um, I just like a lot of things that happen in this book. I think I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun reading it. I'm super impressed that this was a debut no- novel. I think I needed a little bit more structure. Mm-hmm. Like a little bit more overall plot and a little bit more character growth. Um, specifically from him. Mm-hmm. And I also needed her job to make more sense to me. But yeah. I, I'm talking about the reasons this wasn't as good as as Midnight Duet. Midnight Duet to me. <laughs> not that it which, is not objectively very enjoyable on its own. And Midnight Duet, which to remind all of our listeners, included a pet rats named John and Javert. Right. <laughs> which included Yeah. Oh my god, that book. I, so I'm good. still I'm still not over that one. Like I really love this book, but am I gonna reread Midnight Duet all the time? Fuck yeah. So this is what I didn't get. Okay. What didn't you get? The setup is she's gotta train him to be an astronaut. And in the background, there's some she needs the good PR from this, and he thinks he needs this movie. And then they get to know each other and deal with some of their childhood trauma together. And then they are put in a high-stress situation that is sort of out of left field. And then you flashed five months later, and then, spoiler alert, they end up together. Mm -hmm. That's the spoiler-free arc of this plot. I do not understand the training montages that happened at all. The whole point is she's training him in a fake environment. Mm -hmm. So, like, they're not doing anything meaningful other than him learning how it all actually works. And she still does it all Uh and won't let him do it, even though it's all meaningless. Uh Uh-huh. And I understood that that was supposed to be saying something about her character, but it was also, like, a level of lacking self-awareness and, like, the understanding of, like, the goal of what was going on. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was the kind of guy who just let that happen, that, like, honestly, I think this was the biggest drawback of the book. That frustrated me so much. <laughs> like, I didn't think I... it was fun. I didn't think it was useful. I was literally reading it, and I was like, is no one going to call out that, like, apparently she's so type A that even when the entire objective is to make him good at it, she just doesn't bother? I thought it was hilarious. And he's not like, you realize this doesn't work if I don't actually know how to do these things? Correct. I was uh, really into it. Okay. What can I say? <laughs> I, I was. I thought it was so fucking funny every time she wouldn't let him label a stupid rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For fucking weeks. <laughs> I really liked it. There were a lot of things I really liked. So, um... 
I mean, the part that I highlighted is the one I already talked about, which is that he's like, I thought she was so cool and she explains space shit so well. And I was so respectful. I even finished watching the YouTube video after I masturbated. Yeah. I loved her relationship with her Russian best friend who she oh my actually God. became yes. close with because she punched a bear. <laughs> so stupid. I loved it. Loved it so loved much. Loved it. Liked a lot of their dynamic. Thought it was like very sexy, not like the sex scenes and all of that we'll get into, but like yes. I really bought their chemistry and that uh-huh. they were really into each other. I overall had a lot of fun with this. I just like had low, low grade anxiety reading it yeah. the whole time between him not being diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. And like the fact that she was sucking so hard at her job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I, I understand. And I understand the feeling um, that you felt while you were reading it because, yeah. I mean, I think that's the feeling you were supposed to feel, but I don't think it was supposed to detract, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it stressed me out. Yes, yes. And I mean, okay, one of the things, it's a running gag, but one of the things that happens in the book is that John has signed on to do this movie with this very famous director, basically... Mm-hmm. Because everything the director does is amazing. And he thinks he's going to get, you know, Oscar nominated because he wants to be a serious actor and not just a funny actor. Right? Well, it's funny because, like, as somebody who, especially in her pre-pandemic days, was very into, like, the Oscars, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of especially, like, the Hollywood tropes in this that Mm -hmm. I recognized, like, it's pretty clear this director is supposed to be a combination of James Cameron and like Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. Yes. So one of the things that I all that I didn't finish talking about. So he wants to do this thing. He signed on to do it. He has not read the script. Right. And he doesn't read the script for a very long time. <laughs> and I mean, I understand why you had anxiety, Lane, because I was like, you got to read the script, John. Like, come on. I was so stressed out reading I know. until like the 70% mark. I knew. I know. I knew you would feel stressed out about it. But and the thing is, like, I I am not quite to the level of John, but I do have this tendency of avoidance sometimes. Like, if I don't want to do something... Like, I'll give you an example. For my uh, master's degree, I which one? Um, my second master's degree, my French master's degree. Mm-hmm. I had to take comps. I had to take comp exams, and I like set up to the the day to do it. But I didn't really want my professors to be like, "Have you started to study for your comps?" And we're like, well, "What's it gonna be like?" Or things like that. I don't know. I just was like, I started a new job. And I just wasn't focusing on that. And so instead of like writing to my advisor and saying, hey, just so you know, like I'm starting a new job, but I will be there for comps. I just didn't. I was like, if I don't read, if I don't open up that email where I get those emails, it's going to be fine. So I just like didn't read my emails in my school email for like six weeks. And then, like, the day before comps, I logged on, and I was like, she was like, are you still coming? And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. No big deal. But, like, so I recognize these tendencies in John. I mean, I think we've all done the procrastinate instead of acknowledging that there is something we should be doing. 
um, we started a podcast. And I now pretend that reading for the podcast is as important as real things I'm supposed to accomplish. <laughs> um, excuse me. That's not pretending, Lion. Okay. <laughs> That's definitely why I somehow ended up without dental insurance this year. But oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, my point is, I'm not saying, I think it stresses me out because it's relatable. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to read about somebody who is putting off doing important real life tasks while I am reading instead of doing important real life tasks. Yeah, I get it. I get it. No, Plus and then a level of non-confrontational that stresses me out. Yeah. And then I mean, you know, you know because she's setting it up, you know that the script is going to be bad, right? Yeah. Mhm. It was amazing. It was amazing. The choices that Jen Comfort made with the script I, I is all I have to say. I appreciated them all. Yes. Like, all of them. And I loved how she got how she got around the ending. I really liked it. Because I was stressed out about that, Lane. And I'm so glad that she... of the For the choices that Jen Comfort made. Mm-hmm. Because basically he reads it and he's like, oh shit, how do I get out of this movie? <laughs> and then you start getting stressed out because you're like, oh my God, how is he going to get out of this movie? Um, and I really liked how she got him out of it, basically. I think that's a spoiler, but whatever. Yeah. The spoiler, but whatever. It, it is a little deus ex machina-y, but it didn't bother me in a romance. I think it bothered me a little because I think they both are facing some pretty big career questions in the text. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the reality is like neither one of them actually deal with it. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of things happen around them that mm -hmm. make them end up in a place where things work out. But I don't think everything up to them ending up together being a reasonable thing happened because of deliberate action or choices they made. Not everything, for sure. Which in a romance novel, you want them to pick each other over all else, and that's sort of not what happened. Yeah, I mean, they do, but it, it takes a while. It takes I, a while. You telling me she wouldn't have picked the moon? No, that's not what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was good for her. I think what happened was good. And I, make, I really, it was a natural I like consequence. I feel like I've been too negative this whole review. Full disclosure, I accidentally fell asleep and woke up seconds before recording this. So I've been sort of groggy and it, I'm clearly focused on my key talk talking points. My key talking points. Um, I really had fun with it. It was just very stressful for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about... The content warnings. I only came up with one, and it's something that I liked a lot about this book. I've talked about in the past about how these toxic family relationships, your toxic family of origin, is sort of becoming a, again, not a trope, but a tendency in romance novels, or maybe even in popular fiction. I just don't read a lot of popular fiction um, other than romance. But one of the things I liked about this one was the ways in which their families were toxic and how I really did feel like it gave insight into both of their characters. 
So Reggie's family is like super high achieving. And even though she's literally an astronaut, she has not accomplished enough for them. Mm -hmm. They're Uh, actually disappointed in her. Right. Which you can understand why she is so, so much of a control freak and so type A, right? So you understand that it comes from this background without hitting you over the head with it. Right. In my opinion. Uh, one other content warning. There is a lot of toxic culture of Hollywood stuff. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, uh, uh, directors who are essentially abusive bosses getting a pass because of their creative genius. I don't think any of that quite rose to the level of content warning. The thing that did for me is he is trying really hard to get in shape to play this action hero and talks about the superhero body and the discussion of his exercise regimen and the way he is always hungry, Mm -hmm. I think could actually trigger someone with an ED. So that is like the one really serious disclaimer is he has to cut calories and work out like a fiend. And he is very aware that he is, it's presented as like the better alternative to steroids. But if you can't read about a guy like turning down bread and acknowledging all the things he's done hungry in his life and like the cost of having a perfect body, don't read this book. Yeah. I I mean, one of the things I appreciated about that, and I agree that it could be a content warning for someone who has like an eating disorder or that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But I I mean, I liked that she acknowledged that this is not something right. Healthy or normal. No, I didn't think it was badly done. Yes. But there's just, there is, there are people who straight up, like, should not read about people who are calorie cutting and working out to burn calories. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. are one of those people, the word calorie is not mentioned. But other than the one time he talks about the drinking being more calories than he's allotted in a day. Mm -hmm. But, like, his overall mentality about his body and his weight is presented as unhealthy, but that doesn't mean it couldn't send somebody into a full spiral. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his family is also toxic in its own way, which I thought was an interesting one because I recently read another romance novel that had a similar kind of trope uh, or similar kind of family relationship. Are you talking about his dad or his mom? His dad. So it's basically like a famous father who didn't really, wasn't there for you growing up, but is now kind of trying to rehabilitate his own image. And Mm -hmm. so we'll help you out a little bit in that way. Yeah. And his relationship with his mother is largely excellent. But you do see a couple of moments where a combination of poverty and the coping mechanisms he gave to survive, just how, like, harsh mm-hmm. some of his childhood was, led to, you know, him not getting certain medical or educational things taken care of. Mm-hmm. It is certainly not abuse or neglect, but it's even with good parents, complicated things shape who you are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was one of the parts of the book that I thought was really interesting, is him grappling with this almost sense of grief or loss about what might have been 
if mm-hmm. he had been diagnosed earlier mm-hmm. um, or even accepted the idea. So we're, I'm talking about ADHD. Right. Um, which I don't think is a content warning. So I'm not mentioning it as a content warning. But um, it was one of the parts of the book that I really enjoyed, actually, and thought was really interesting was him grappling or coming to terms with this this idea, right? Right. So, okay. No, otherwise, I think you're right. This isn't a triggery book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, especially the body image stuff is like, exactly why I think we have this section. Mm-hmm. You would not read this jacket and think, oh, I'm going to read about a guy who is like cutting calories to an unhealthy degree. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Sexiness lane. They are so hot for each other. And yes. the longing is really palpable and sexy. But yes. ultimately there is one sex scene that is, deliberately rushed and put on the page that it's rushed and then they're going to follow it up and then like everything subsequently is closed door like Mm -hmm. there is one orgasm for him and a handful of her in immediate succession on the page Mm -hmm. and then everything else is just and then we made each other come and then we went out yes um i agree with you i think that the sexy setup was better better than the sexy payoff Mm -hmm. like they are hot for each other. All of the times when they're in this lunar module, and they have to like be with each other in close proximity is just extremely hot. When they right. have to share a bedroom, that, oh my God. Scene raised my expectations. That, yes. In a way that is maybe not fair. Exactly, exactly. Oh my God, it's so hot. Why? Why is it that a scene where they don't even touch each other can be this hot? It's just not fair. It's not good for me. No. Mentally. No. no. It's not good. It's extremely sexy. Yeah. It's it's extremely well done, and my brain is extremely broken. <laughs> yeah. Um, also... They bang on um, some solar panels, which I don't think is recommended. It was really funny what she would justify in her head when she got desperate. Yes. Loved it. I I loved Reggie as an unreliable narrator, Lane. I'll just say it. I I really did like her. She's, She's one of those characters where you can tell she's just justifying it to herself. She's in such deep denial about so many things. Yes. Exactly. And she clearly, like, doesn't have any self-awareness at all. Yes. Exactly. She's completely, and I don't feel like that got better as the book went on. I don't disagree with you. No, she has a very tough time with um, empathy. Is that the word? Yeah. But also with, like, self-actualization. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's and true. And self-awareness. I think they're yeah. two different problems. I just, I think I needed her to grow a little bit more. Yeah. I, I liked them both. I, I liked this book so much. I don't know. I was really into it. I really liked it. I did. Yeah. She's, I think a lot of the things you were like, this was so 
fun to see depicted were things that just specifically stressed me out. Like they're the things I'm trying to block out because I found them <laughs> stressful. <laughs> yeah. There were other I things it. I really enjoyed, like the bear punching. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The bear punching. The oh my God. Yes. How she just can't, she just cannot handle mm. stupid stupid people. Which I relate. It's the only thing about Reggie I related to that I relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that is also kind of sinks her a little bit, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, I get it. Anyway, I am really enjoying Jen Comfort's books. Oh, we'll we'll be reading the next one, no question. Oh, 100%. As um, I say, as if I have any real say in the schedule. <laughs> one of the things I think that's interesting about her books, at least so far, is they they haven't been in a series. They haven't been connected to each other. They're clearly in the same universe and there are Easter eggs that link them, but you absolutely, there's nothing plot-wise that connects them. It almost, it, it almost feels like a novelty these days because like every book, every romance book has to be in a series, you know? Right. But it's not like in this one, I'm like, oh... Who's this person going to end up with? Nope. We got Reggie and John, and that's it. There were also a couple of fake outs. Yeah. Not seriously, mind you, but like the very first scene is her working on a fake space mission with this other guy who's like annoying her with his cheerfulness. Yes. And like you clearly know he's not the star. That is not the guy you're going to end up with. But the way they interact feels very like. He's going to be a love interest. And then like, it, he isn't, he's just a coworker. Mm -hmm. And then there's a scene where her best friend has to call in a favor for her. And she's like, I had to talk to this guy who annoys me. And she's got like a horrible nickname for him. And in historical romance, it'd be like, and that guy is who she'd end up with. And then the next line is like, he wouldn't stop talking about like rodeo and his four children. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, that's it. I don't know. I loved it. I really did like this book a lot, so. I'm looking forward to whatever random thing she wants to tackle next. Do you want me to tell you what it is? Yes. It's about two contestants on, like, a quiz show. It's basically like a Jeopardy. <laughs> Jeopardy romance enemies to lovers. <laughs> okay. I know, right? I'm not, like, immediately attracted to it, but I'll read that. I, I she has earned my trust with some concepts that my initial reaction is okay. <laughs> I know when I was like, it's a gender swap fan of the opera. You're like, great. <laughs> I mean, as we discussed, not a phantom kid. Correct. So anyway, I'm gonna read this quiz show, enemies to lovers shit. Yeah, whenever I can. Eat that right. That's right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, and check us out uh, around the internet, wherever you can find plotrists.